0: Hey Enneagram friends, I'm Abby, an IEA accredited Enneagram coach and certified somatic experiencing practitioner. In today's episode, we're going to talk about relationships and specifically talk through some advice for relating well to each of the nine types. But before we start into our teaching episode, I want to invite you to join the Couples Enneagram and Instincts Relationship Event at the end of February. This is a really great opportunity. It's a one hour event over Zoom and it's only $25 for the couple. If you are someone that loves the Enneagram and uh, maybe your spouse doesn't love the Enneagram quite as much, as you, this is a really great way to start a conversation with them and get them involved um, because there's no required knowledge of the instincts or even your Enneagram type to participate because we're just talking about the instincts rather than um, all the subtypes. And so it's a really easy invitation for them to join in with you to learn more and be curious about the one you love most. So in this teaching episode, we're gonna talk through each of the nine types in regards to how we can relate best to that type. So giving some practical pieces of advice for relating well to those that we love most. This relationship advice is for our romantic connections, but the reality is it's relationship advice and really it can apply whether you're talking about your mother-in-law or your best friend or a coworker. And so I hope that you'll listen in with curiosity about all of the nine types. Also, as you hear the advice given about relating best to your type, I wanna encourage you to share that with those that you love. You know, we cannot control how others show up in relationship with us but we can offer, um, some perspective of what it feels like for us. We can offer some helpful boundaries. We can offer some, uh, guidance of what it's like to be our type and, and what's going on in our internal world. And so hopefully this language will give you some, uh, some tangible, practical pieces to speak with those that you love most about relating to you. Uh, but also hopefully you can just share this with those that you love and for them to have an opportunity to learn more about relating well to each of the nine types. So starting off with our type ones, for those of you that are in a relationship with type ones, the ones in your life that you love and are wanting to support, here's a piece of relationship advice that I want to offer to you. You know, one of the gifts that we can offer type ones uh, is encouraging them to slow down, to rest, to unwind, to play, to have fellowship, because ones have such a high, keen awareness of what needs to be done. They're strongly oriented towards being responsible and holding everything together, all the pieces, the schedule, all the things that need to get done. Um, And one of the gifts that you can offer them is an invitation to play and to enjoy life and, and to have some downtime. The problem is, sometimes when people hear that, they think, oh, I'll just go tell the ones in my life to relax or to go have fun with me or to go do this adventure with me. And sometimes that works. But what is most helpful for ones is if you take other things off their plate so that they can actually go relax, go have fun, go fellowship, go play what happens for ones often is that even though those they love are telling them it's okay for you to go you know take time for yourself to go hang out with friends to go do whatever it is The one is thinking about all the things that they need to get done or all the things that won't get done if they leave. Um, They're feeling oftentimes guilty about those things that are left undone, maybe guilty about um, someone else watching the kids or guilty about the dirty dishes being in the sink still, whatever it might be. And so instead of just telling them to play or telling them to go have fun, take over some of the responsibility so that they can actually do that. So instead of saying, hey, you should go paint with the girls tonight, saying, I'm going to do the dishes and the laundry and get dinner on the table for the kiddos so that you can go hang out with your friends. Or I am going to go get all of the supplies for this project so that we can work on this together and the kids have a play date doing something that actually helps them relax, helps them um, enjoy whatever it is to set aside time, because you've taken something off their to-do list, you've taken something off of their list of responsibilities. Um, That can be a real gift that you can offer in relationships with the type ones that you love. For type twos, here's a piece of relationship advice for those of you that are in relationships with twos. One of the things to keep in mind is that for type twos, that type two structure, it is really challenging to have an awareness of your needs, have an awareness of what you want. Um, Sometimes that can take the form of your preferences, but, but more often than not, it takes the form of there being an emotion that's happening for them that the type two is unaware of because their emotions, you know, the volume gets turned on, on them because the volume is so loud on everyone else's feelings and, and what's going on in everyone else's world. And so in that process, it's hard for twos to know that they're having a feeling that they're having emotions and therefore it's really hard for them to know what they need or what they, um, what they need to do, uh, how they can take care of themselves, the boundaries they need, what they want, all of that stemming from having a less of awareness around how they're feeling about something and feeling like they um, it's hard to sift through that. There's so much noise in others' feelings. So for those of you that are in relationship with type 2s, one of the things that is helpful to keep in mind is that when type 2s have larger emotional reactions. So they're really hurt or they're really sad. They're really angry. They're really frustrated. Some of these things that feel like, um, you know, it's kind of out of this, this equilibrium, they're just all of a sudden there's this big emotional reaction. Oftentimes that is the result of Unmet needs. You know they're having these small emotional reactions along the way of of in a small way feeling hurt or disappointed or hopeless or sad, afraid, whatever it might be. Um, But again, the volume on their emotions is low, and the volume on everyone else's feelings is really high. So then, when they have these bigger reactions, that can kind of feel uh, like we you know take a step back for those of us in relationship with twos of being surprised by that keeping in mind that often it's, there's some unmet need that they've uh, ignored along the way, not intentionally, but just didn't know that they um, needed more support, they needed more camaraderie, they needed more alone time, they needed more um, space to process what was going on for them. And so not that you aren't also allowed to have your feelings hurt if they get really angry with you or or to you know have your own emotional response to their emotional response, But it is a compassionate lens to keep in mind that these outbursts or these uh, what feels like an intense emotion is often that they have unmet needs and they need some space to process that. And so if you can take on a compassionate lens and instead of withdrawing away or getting equally defensive back pause and be curious with them of what's going on you know what's happening not in a judgmental way but in a general a genuine curiosity of um what's going on and and what might be happening what might you need as a result of this feeling that's slowly bubbling to the surface in this moment um in this conversation so something to keep in mind to approach type twos, those that you love, uh, with a more compassionate lens and, and create space for mutual understanding and um, and to really connect with them in that space. For those of you in relationship with type threes, um, the piece of relationship advice I want to offer is to affirm both accomplishments and boundaries around achieving. You know, sometimes when people are in relationship with type threes and they learn more about the type three structure, this pursuit of um, accomplishing and achieving and meeting the goal and um, making things happen... It can feel like, oh, the way that I most help the three that I love is to uh, help them create boundaries around their work and um, to come home from work on time and to not sign up for the extra volunteering opportunity and to to not set such a lofty goal or whatever it might be. And there may be space for that. There may be very practical spaces where um, you can establish some of those rhythms and boundaries around um, the going and going and the hustling. But in the midst of that, don't forget to also affirm what they're accomplishing and what they're achieving and what they're doing. Um, sometimes we get so focused on helping threes set and hold boundaries around uh, their work and, and what they do so that they don't, you know, run themselves ragged or or completely miss out on the other things that they value, like their relationship with you or their the family or whatever it might be. But but also, they're accomplishing amazing things and wonderful things and really cool things, and so also affirm those too. It can be both. It can be both affirming their uh, restricting, you know, the extra, um, you know, the extra thing that they're doing, and also affirming what they accomplish. Both of those can exist. In tandem and and both need to exist um, in relationship with type threes and supporting them and the things that they do celebrating the things that they do um, while also affirming and supporting them when they are just being and they restrict uh, around they restrict the time around their doing or the energy they give to doing both are good affirm the being and affirm the doing For those of you in relationship with type 4s, here's a practice that I want to encourage you and to invite you into in relationship with the 4s that you love. You know, part of the type 4 structure is that there is this uh, nagging feeling of inferiority, this nagging feeling that in some way and somehow they are intrinsically missing something or they intrinsically um, have a disadvantage or intrinsically are not able to do something or be something in the way that um, they want to or they see others being or doing. And and it's really tied up with the underlying motivation for the Type Four structure, you know, in this search for their significance, their identity, um, this this subtle fear of what if there is nothing significant about me? What if I have no intrinsic identity that is mine alone? And uh, there's this fear that there's something missing, that they have somehow missed something along the way. So for those of you in relationship with Type Fours, um, in these moments when fours are communicating this feeling of um, not being good enough, not being able to make it, not having what they need, uh, there being something inherently wrong or missing in them. When we're in relationship with fours, our natural response can be to fix that, to tell them no, you know, and point out all of these affirming, wonderful things about them. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, But what I want to encourage you For those of you that are in relationship with fours is to instead start with affirming the feeling that they're having not affirming the premise that it's based on not affirming yes you you know these things that you have um, come to the conclusion of are true you are missing something or or inferior in some way that's not what i'm saying but acknowledge the feeling the emotion that they're having and be with them in that emotion without trying to fix it or talk them out of it. Um, You can be compassionate. You can enter into that feeling space and, and acknowledging, man, that's hard. That's hard to feel that way. Um, that's a, um, a challenging posture to, to have, to feel, to go through, right? You can be with them and empathize in this feeling with them without a- affirming the premise that they've based that feeling on um, and ask questions, be curious, be thoughtful in that space rather than trying to pep talk them out of it or rationalize out of it. Um, be compassionate in that space and see what happens from that curiosity about their emotions, um, rather than trying to get them out of it by, uh, by you know, coaching or talking them out of it uh, with the things that you know to be true. Even though you know them to be true, that they're wonderful and they're good at these things, and you know, and they have this significant place in your life. Uh, be with them in the feeling first, and be curious about their experience there before you try to do anything else in that conversation. For those of you in relationship with type fives, uh, here is a a piece of advice for relating well and and connecting with type fives in these spaces where you need to discuss something. There's something that you want to bring up about the relationship, about yourself, about um, how you're connecting, Specifically, when it has to do with something that is going to require energy, whether that is because it's an emotional exchange, it's going to take time to decide, to discern, to talk through this. Um, there's going to be an, a you know an, a feeling exchange because you're sharing something about yourself that you've come into awareness um, with regards to you know your personal development or something you're struggling with, whatever it might be. In those moments when you need to share those things give the type five a heads up, and then share it later. You know, for some of us that are external processors, um, you know, we have a thought and then we want to get it out then because it feels like it's this raw, swirling thoughts and um, we don't know how to make sense of it until we have the conversation. But even though that is your orientation, that's more challenging for type fives, especially if you want them to be engaged in the feeling exchange aspect of it, not just in troubleshooting something or the intellectual exercise of this problem that you're having. If you want them to show up because it's about your relationship, it's about something that that is more meaningful than just a problem to be solved, you need to give them a heads up so that they have time to be ready for whatever it is. You know, Even if it is, hey, this evening, I wanna talk about X, Y, and Z after the kids go to bed. Um, It is harder for type fives and and probably all introverts in general, but specifically thinking about the type five structure, um, having things sprung on them the last minute, it is harder for them to be in the right state of mind. And so if you want them to be present, if you want them to show up um, ready to discuss and be thoughtful, you're going to have to give them time um, before they can fully enter into that conversation equally, you may need to have a series of conversations um, because they're going to need time to think about it after you bring the thing up initially. If it's something that you need them to participate in, not just something you're sharing about yourself They're going to need some time. You know, I've heard type fives describe it almost as, um, you know, when someone wants my opinion or thought process or feelings about something right away, it's almost like I feel like a computer of like, it doesn't compute. Like, I have no answer to give you. I can't just process out loud or give you part of an answer, I haven't thought through it yet. I don't know how I feel. I don't know what's going on for me yet or what I want to do. Um, I need time. And so thinking about it rather than one conversation; it's a series of conversations. When when something is brought into, um, you know, the plane of discussion with them, and so slowing yourself down enough to give them time, because what can happen for Fives is that when you push them into decision making, if you rush them into an emotional response, um, you're gonna get a more reactionary, more scattered. A thought process or feelings from them and that's not that's not what is actually true it's more of a reaction for them and so giving them space giving them time to process um and and inviting them to come back for a series of conversations rather than just one Okay, friends, we have talked through some relationship advice for the first five numbers, one through five, and uh, we're going to pick up the conversation again next week in a part two episode, going through some relationship advice for those of you in relationship with type sixes all the way through type nine. I hope that you will join back into that conversation. And also if this episode was helpful for you, both in the relationships that you participate in, but also if I talked about your type and you want others to know this, share this episode with them. Let this be a resource or even a conversation starter for you later. And I hope to see you all at the instincts and relationship event, the end of February, a one hour event over zoom, and it's only $25 for the couple. It's a really great space to have an intentional conversation with you and your partner about your relationship and how your instincts impact and, and also the gifts that you bring into that relationship based on your instinctual stacking. I'll see you there.